Hey guys, and welcome back to Joe Co. Yo. It is a podcast where we speak about all kinds of things related to Johnston County history. It's past, it's present, it's future, what makes us who we are, and all that good jazz. And, and a lot of stuff that we do talk about here are things that, even though we may say names that are related to Johnston County or very Johnston County specific, some of the themes are pretty much universal. And today we're going to jump into something that is a little bit dicey, but also could be a little bit surprising depending on your point of view. Hey, I want to give you an event and tell me if you've ever heard this before. So I'm going to tell you about, I'm going to give you a quote. This is a quote that it says, this is a, a person speaking, Speaking about slavery just prior to the American Civil War, this person says that slavery is a dark spot in the South, which will for a long time keep us behind our brothers in the North in agricultural improvement. So here we have someone speaking about how, obviously a Southerner, how slavery is really kind of a bad thing and a sort of a backwards thing and yet we were doing it here in the south he also said agriculture will always flourish most successfully and improvements will go on more rapidly in a country where manual labor is the work of free men not slaves this person speaking this was a man named dr r h helm he was speaking at the north carolina agricultural society in raleigh in 1823. In 1823, we have Johnston County residents speaking out against slavery. Now, I'm not going to try to push any uh, any kind of agenda. We're not going to try to say something that just isn't so. Dr. Helm was not a uh, he was not an abolitionist. What he was actually complaining about was also the, some of the same things that slave owners were speaking about at the same time. That while slavery is a bad thing. It was not bad, at least in Dr. Helms's view, um, or in also in Thomas Jefferson's view. They, they both sort of saw slavery as a bad thing, not so much morally, although it should be, but it was a bad thing economically, and that's what's going to make us behind the times. In fact, when we go and look at other evidences a little bit uh, later past 1823, we see that in... As, as late as December 20th in 1860, right on the very verge of the American Civil War, we have a bunch of citizens in Smithfield that met at the county courthouse. It was led by a guy named Nathan Williams and was attended by leaders all throughout the town of Smithfield. The meeting decided then, these citizens, that Johnston County was a friend of the Union. Even if it was not a friend of the newly elected President Abraham Lincoln, who they declared was trying to divide us, they said that at, at any rate, in any way we possibly can, Johnston County should stay in the Union no matter what our neighbors did. Interesting. In 1860, we have meetings that. People in Whiteville in Columbus County, 200 citizens called for union, not secession. In 
But of course, that's not complete all the way through. So I just want to point this out just just to show an even deeper reason. Well, maybe not deeper. It's harder to get much deeper than the essence of slavery and its impact on North Carolina history in Johnston County. But to look at a side view. See, Johnston County was opposed to secession, as we just see saw with Dr. Helm, not because of any moral view, although it should have been there, but because of an economic view. And it's the economics that shapes so much of what we do as a society, both big scale and also small scale. We know that on the large scale, so much of what we do nationally depends on the money that's coming in and going out of our country. Same thing with our state and same thing in our local politics. So what is the economics? What is the economic point of view of Johnston County? Why does it make Johnston County really so much different from, say, some other people like in South Carolina that were and Mississippi and Alabama that were the biggest callers for secession, that were the frothing at the mouth to form their own union? How come we didn't have the same kind of sentiment being expressed then? In fact, what we see the same time period, we see people in in South Carolina, especially close to Charleston and around Mobile, Alabama, and around Jackson, Mississippi, not only say that slavery should be permitted, but slavery should be expanded, and that slavery was even a good thing for the economy. But yet we see here in Smithfield, people say in two different occasions, 40 years apart, that slavery is an awful thing. So what is the difference? Well, that's why I'm here. See, the thing when it all revolves around, you may remember this from some of your history classes in high school, maybe college. All this slavery talk was revolving around cotton, the production of cotton. See, in Johnson County's earliest days, almost all of our farming was subsistence. Going way back to the 1700s, and what subsistence farming means is that you pretty much are going to grow what you need to survive on, and that is it. Like almost everywhere prior to planes, trains, and automobiles, access to a navigable river meant everything. See, Johnston was better positioned than a lot of other places due to the Noose River being right smack dab in the middle of our county, and it connected the colonial capital of New Bern running through its middle, but... If you did not live near access to that river or in our southwest corner where it may have been easier to access the Cape Fear River, either way, you pretty much ate what you grow or what you could trade for locally. That's what subsistence farming is, and that's what we did. And so with the exception of the small farm here and there and with the exception of the Noose River and its tributaries, Johnston was almost all woodland before European settlement. It was around the Noose River that we see uh, a Western European or Western world-style agriculture or something like it begin, because, again, the river is there. For example, give you some actual years. In 1739, even, there's a man named Joseph Boone who received some parcels of land on the north side of the Noose River near modern-day Princeton. A tobacco warehouse followed soon after. That makes the Boone Hill region one of the first settled areas in Johnston County by European Americans. We see also in 1743, just four years later, a man named Charles 
Gavin of South Carolina obtained a very vaguely defined patent for 600 acres on both sides of the Noose River, farther up from Joseph Boone. And farther up from Joseph Boone means that the river is more shallow and a little bit more treacherous. Now, by 1750, he sold it to a man named John Smith Sr., and in 1762, his son bought 288 of those acres. Now, in 1759, before that, he was senior, was able to build a ferry across the Noose where it came close to the Great Road that ran east all the way to Newburn. So when his son bought 288 of those acres, three years later, Junior opened a public house for travelers, and in 1770, he was able to secure a license for a warehouse for tobacco at his ferry, complete with tobacco inspectors. Now, here's the issue. You have not heard me mention cotton. You hear me mention tobacco. Again, here's the issue with that. Any person that has ever made any money, the first penny in agriculture, knows that timing in agriculture is everything. Timing about the weather, timing about the temperatures, of course, but also timing about market conditions as well as other crucial details. When the majority of your heavy transportation is the river and your destination is on one side of it, and you are so far up that river that navigating it is difficult because of all the rocks and branches in it, and because it may be a little bit shallow, a farmer at the end of that is at a disadvantage to all other people that farm the same products and are closer to the destination. Distance of product to market, in short, matters tremendously, during the river era especially. And if farmers in Edgecombe County, Craven County, Lenore County, all grow the same crops as a person in Johnston County way farther back river, they can get more to market faster and Johnston farmers will have to live on whatever money is left after the major buyers of crops have already had their needs filled by the farmers from those counties. That's why Johnston County early on our agribusiness, if you can call it that, was mostly subsistence farming. And its biggest farmers were sort of piddling, to use a Johnston County term, when compared to the larger ones further east. Tobacco was definitely Johnston's first real cash crop, but it was not the recognizable bright leaf variety that makes up the majority of the market today. That method of curing tobacco had not even been invented yet in the 17 or mid to late 1700s. But people don't need tobacco. That's one of the things about it. Tobacco is essentially a luxury crop. You don't have to have it to survive. In fact, I mean, it kills you. But, see, it's, it, it is a luxury crop. And it was being grown closer to New Bern than Johnston County. People, however, do need clothes, so people sort of needed cotton. And the more Americans, either through natural increase or immigration, the more Americans, the more cotton is needed. America needed cotton, a lot of it, as fast as they could get it. Johnston is not in a good position geographically to supply it. Lenore, possibly, further down the Noose River. Edgecombe, definitely. It could be that counties on the Cape Fear, you know, maybe they could get their cotton out of Wilmington. 
And and that did happen to some degree. But why trade out of Wilmington when you can go a little farther to the south and trade with the big boys in Charleston or maybe even north of D.C.? Still, though, the demand for cotton was still strong enough for cotton to displace tobacco in Johnston, sure, but not until after the American Civil War. See, to give you some numbers, in 1850, Johnston County produced 800 bales of cotton. Now, you may have no idea what that really means. Well, I'll give you an example. I'll give you something to compare it against. In 1850, Johnston produced 800 bales of cotton. Same year, Edgecombe County, closer to the coast, 15,000. A little bit clearer now. To give you even more of a de- another uh, another little number to throw out at you, when the year that Johnston produced 800 bales of cotton, Charleston was able to export 280,000 bales of cotton. Johnston is not cotton country. So Johnson never really got into the cotton politics of the South before the Civil War. You see, that was the thing. The places where cotton was exported is the places where money was coming in. Johnson didn't have cotton. And so the, the politics of cotton that are going to lead to the creation of the American Civil War, it just wasn't there. Now, we had slavery, don't get me wrong. But the politics of King Cotton... It didn't happen. Instead, I will tell you in 1860, Johnston's number one crop was corn. Its number two crop is grains. Number three crop is wool. Basically, the numbers prove, they show and prove that Johnston is subsistence farming. They're just trying to survive. However, Chronologically speaking, going a little bit further, a little bit newer, since much of the cotton stronghold was demolished in the Civil War, after the Civil War, and railroads brought another form of transportation, cotton did come to Johnston County to the point that it was our number one crop by 1925, which is 60 years later. In fact, in 25, 85,000 acres in Johnston County was cotton. But we weren't the only ones that got railroads. Lots of places got railroads in the South. And our own King Cotton got dethroned itself 60 years later by Southern overproduction and by the boll weevil. Because everybody wants to make cotton because now we got railroads too. And then when cotton dies, tobacco which is a crop that nobody really likes to grow, found a desperate farming population. And when I say desperate farming population, I mean that when cotton pretty much is not sustainable anymore, the farmers here are freaking out and they've got to find something to plant in its place. And tobacco came back. And so from 1930 to the 1990s, another 60 year window, Tobacco was Johnson's actual lifeblood. So, here's the thing. Since we're seeing that tobacco was a thing, and then cotton was a thing for 60 years, and then tobacco is going to start to decline itself after 60 years, well, let me give the numbers for for, for the decline of tobacco. See, in 2017, North Carolina as a whole produced $724 million in tobacco. That's good. In 2018, it was $566 million. 
Y'all, that's a decrease. That's a decrease of almost $200 million in one year. In fact, our exports, where, where is our cotton, where is our tobacco going to? It's going to China. Our number one buyer, China, we dropped 98% in those two years. And also last year, to pick out, say, in 2018, North Carolina produced $480 million in wood products. But that's not sustainable long term. That's wood pulp, wood paper packaging, mostly from, from cutting down forests. You can't just grow forests every season. So that's not sustainable. Sweet potatoes in 2018 made $132 million for, for North Carolina. Tobacco's dying too. If you don't believe it, drive around. Look at the tobacco fields. They're gone. So what now? I hear people say that we're planting houses. Yeah, but that's not sustainable either. So what do we do? I don't know. Maybe, possibly, could hemp be the new boss? It does produce between $20, uh, 12 and $20 an acre. I don't know. It's dried, cured like tobacco. We can still use some of the same stuff. In fact, last year, Hemp in North in Johnston, I'm sorry, hemp in North Carolina made twenty million. And 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 that twenty million does not reflect the fact that you cannot transport across state lines. You cannot take out loans for it, and no crop insurance is available. Because it's still schedule one. I don't know, maybe. But wanna just point out again, see Johnston seems to be at a disadvantage geographically to other major agricultural, I don't know, areas, regions, counties. Johnson's gone through several series of big cash crops only to see him come down 60 years later. Johnson's in a place now, it seems, that it's ready for another crop. What's it going to be? And that pretty much is... going to stop it for us today new episode coming up soon hope you listen to it hope you enjoy it and uh with that please feel free to always leave voice messages uh, contact me email me i'm always wanting to hear about some out some uh, some other points of view and with that y'all uh, peace out be good until later bye <laughs>